Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. Well, it is an exciting weekend this weekend. For one, I want to say congratulations to Katanji Brown on her confirmation into the Supreme Court. Yay! That was a grueling ordeal she had to go through. But she got the votes. She's in. She's made history. And I saw her doing her speech. Not that the TV was on. You know how you have the TV on and you see people talking? So I saw Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris speaking. Then I saw President Biden speaking. And then she came up to the podium. And I wasn't really listening to everything because... I knew people were just, you know, saying thanks and congratulating and, you know, everyone that was involved. And then she said that she was the dream and the hope of the slave. And when she said that, and I hope I quoted it correctly, I might not have, but, you know, paraphrasing it. And it's almost like here it is. It's finally coming into being where. We've been saying for years, you know, what what was all that about? You know, why did that have to happen? Or how come we never see? Or for those of us who are in the church, a lot of times we're like, well, why does God allow these things to happen? And But now we see everything happens, as they say, everything happens in his time. And we don't know why the timing was this way, but we know Everything happens in his time. And I just want to say congratulations to her once again. And we just will sit back and see how everything unfolds according to God's time. And that is a perfect segue into what we're talking about today because everything is happening in his time and everything is happening according to his plan. And I want to say happy Palm Sunday to everyone. Hope that you all had a wonderful week and we're looking forward to Resurrection Sunday, which is next week. And as I mentioned last week, that we were going to continue with our journey of Christ and his movements towards redeeming us for our Lord. So think about this. 
He's born God, right? He's born God in a manger as a child whose sole purpose was to redeem creation back to the Father. And we see this plan unfold in the Garden of Eden. And we know that the mention of the journey of Christ begins in the Garden of Eden right after the creation of the world and the universe and of man. So that's today's topic. Today's topic is called The Plan. And now let me ask a question. You know, every time I ask a question, there's always to get you guys thinking. How many of you have a plan? And I say, how many of you have a plan? Because when you think about it, whenever you go to do something, you should have a plan of some sort. You should have some type of idea of what it is that you're trying to accomplish how you plan to get there, and whatever little steps it takes to get you to whatever your plan, whatever your end destination is. That's what would be in your plan. Some of the plans can be fully detailed. Some of them can be just sketchy, you know, just have an idea of what you want to do. But if you have a fully detailed plan, that you can follow to the letter, how many of you know that that plan is going to work out? That plan is going to work out. Even if you have to detour off of it, when you know where you're going, the detour is not going to take you all the way out of your way because you already had your plan set. So now I know, I'm asking this question, but I know for me, sometimes I don't always have a plan. And yes, I probably should have a plan, but all the time I don't have a plan. So sometimes when detours come or when distractions come or when something comes up that's unexpected, depending on the state of mind I'm in, if I'm focused, it can throw me off. If I'm not focused, it can throw me off. But if I'm focused, it's not going to throw me off because then I'm set on what I want to do. But today we're going to talk about the plan that God put in place for man. And it was a simple plan. The plan was that Jesus was going to redeem mankind from the sins of the world. That's simple, right? Easier said than done. So let's begin at the beginning, as we always have to. And this takes place in the garden in chapter 3 of Genesis And this is where we get our first glimpse of the plan, which is Jesus coming back as a man to redeem all mankind from its sins. So if you want to follow along with me, I'm going to be reading Genesis 3, scripture number 15, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, when God was talking, when God was saying that, he was speaking to the serpent. He was telling the serpent, if you've been following how we've been going through this month, we ended, like I said, we ended Women's History Month with Eve, the introduction of Eve. And then 
Last week we talked about Adam. And now this week we're talking about the plan, how all this is leading up to Resurrection Sunday. So now when God made this statement, he was talking to the serpent. He was telling the serpent what his destiny was going to be. Now, how powerful is that? As soon as the serpent messed up and told Eve, you know, all those fallacies about what God was talking about, the tree of good and evil and tree of life. God came down after he found out what had happened. And this is what he tells the serpent. And so that was the plan. God was going to bring a division hostility, as the Amplified Bible states it, between man and Satan. And it would make perfect sense as to why we are constantly in the state of spiritual warfare. So for those who, when you hear spiritual warfare or have heard me speak about spiritual warfare or hear people talk about good and evil and spiritual warfare, for those who you don't believe it's true, you just think things happen just to be happening, This right here lets you know, mm -mm, God already warned there was going to be, there was going to be an issue between man and Satan. There was going to be an issue. So we were going to have spiritual warfare. Whether we want to deal with it or not, it's here. We are, if you think about it, we are constantly trying to defend ourselves from the attack of the enemy. He attacks our mind when he tells us that we're not good enough. He attacks our bodies when he inflicts sickness upon us. He attacks our souls when he tells us that we can never measure up to the standards that God set. And how many of you know we go through that on one some level any time during the day? No matter how confident you are, we have to constantly keep reminding ourselves to whom we belong and what power within us is greater than the power that is out there in the world. And if you don't constantly keep reminding yourself of that and walk and live as though it is so, you can get thrown off. He will throw monkey wrenches into your plan on a daily basis. So then going on with the plan He says, God tells him that not only would the hostility extend between Adam and Eve when you read that, but it's going to extend between the children of Satan and the children of light. Because he says, and I will bring, he says, between your seed and her seed. So when he says your seed and her seed, hmm, how many of you don't think that Satan has children? A lot of you don't think that Satan have children. Trust and believe Satan has children. If God said between your seed, talking to the serpent and her seed, he's talking about the children. He's talking about the offspring. He's talking about how we have generations now with all this stuff that's happening because Satan has children. Trust and believe. So he's going to have, it's going to be, between the children, right? And then here, this is where the plan is. This is where God puts the cherry on top of the icing, which had the sprinkles on the cake. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So the he that God is referring to in this line was Christ. 
But Satan didn't know it was Christ. Satan knew that, yeah, he was going to send a man, but he didn't know to what extent that he was going to be able to do everything that he was capable of doing. And it says that you shall only bruise his heel. So here it is. God is telling the serpent that the plan, in the plan, bruising his head, he was going to mortally wound Satan's head. That means demolish all that he stood for. And in return, Satan was going to bruise our heels, which is causing us hurt and pain, like we know that he does on a daily basis. But not enough to destroy our walk. See, bruising our heel, it doesn't destroy our walk. It just may make us limp a little bit, but it doesn't stop what we have to do. Whereas Jesus crushing the head of Satan kills it. You know, if you crush the head of anything, you take it out of business. So Satan was not going to be able to defeat us. He was only going to be able to distract us where Christ was going to defeat Satan. So God knew all this, that he was going to have to put this plan in motion when he set Adam and Eve in the garden. He knew it. So it was already prepared. They had already known, they meaning he, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. They already knew what was going to happen when Adam was put into that garden and Eve was created and all this took place with the serpent because they knew the serpent was there. So now, thinking about it, when God created the family, he, when God created Adam and Eve, he was thinking of the family unit because if you recall, when he put the animals in the garden and there was paired, that's when he said there was no one there for Adam. And that's what made him create Eve from Adam's rib. So when God created Adam and Eve, he had the family in mind, similar to the unit that he made in the animal kingdom, but he made them on a level of more intelligence because, you know, Adam had total dominion over the whole world, over the whole earth. So now God wanted the two of them, Adam and Eve, to be there for each other, to work in the garden, to have a dominion over the earth and all of its creatures. And we see this from Ephesians 5, to 28, because we see the comparison that God is making between the husband and wife and Christ and the church. So if we go to Ephesians 5, to 28, we see that it starts out with wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is sub subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And we talked about this last week when we said about the submissiveness and wives submit to your husbands. We said it was all in the context of, because remember, God made them equal, so they were supposed to be working together. So when it says submit, it's because, like I told you before, because God always spoke 
to the man first because Adam was created first. So that's where the directions came from. So if you're following the directions of what God has, if you have your husband in the home and it's a godly home, you're going to follow what your husband is saying because he's supposed to be following what Christ is saying, what God is telling him, what his Holy Spirit is giving him revelation to. So, but all that is still going back to the whole concept of what God was thinking about bringing his children back into his fold through Jesus Christ, right? So when we look at the scriptures, we also see that we understand that that's why the plan was so important. Humans completed the design that God had for the earth. So here we have it that if if the children being brought back to God, Christ being the groom and the church being the bride, you know, the bride, and he's modeling it like husband with wife and family, that was supposed to be an early indication for us as humans of how we were to respond to one another and keep that unit as one following God and all he had given in direction to the man. But of course, we know that not everything went according to the way God wanted it to go. Hence, that's why the plan was created. And God knew, like I said, from the beginning that when Adam and Eve ate from that tree, that Christ was going to come back and restore the balance to mankind. He was going to do what Adam was unable to do, and that was follow God completely. Adam wasn't able to do that because if he were, then the plan would not have had to come. But because God had that plan already laid out, he already knew that Adam wasn't going to follow. So Christ came to restore dominion over the earth back to man the way God originally intended Christ gave man the ability to reconnect with God and have eternal life. And this plan was demonstrated as Christ walked on earth. Right? We see when we go through his walk how he was able to heal the blind and heal the sick and he taught us what forgiveness was about, and he taught us how we're supposed to interact with one another and how we're supposed to interact with the Father even. He even told us that. So his walk showed us everything that we needed to know and of how we were supposed to function and interact with one another while we were here on earth until we were ready to go back to the Father. And he always made reference to that as well. 
He always let them know that he was here for a short period of time. He wasn't going to be staying and that he would be going, but he would always come back. He would always return. So next week, next week, as actually, as we're moving through, this is the last week of Lent, which was actually, for those of you who follow Lent, I told you I don't follow it, but there were a number of you that I'm sure do. Lent was actually the season of reflection and preparation before the celebration of Easter. And when you think about that, everyone that was going through this season of Lent should have been preparing themselves, getting themselves ready, although we should do that on a daily basis anyway. It shouldn't just be on the Lent, you know, during the Lent season. And that's the one thing that Jesus always stressed. He always stressed it. Don't just do things as a ritual because this is the time you're supposed to do it. That's the time you're supposed to. Yes, you can follow those, but God is every day. Getting to know him and being prepared and following him is an everyday walk. And Jesus was showing us that as well. He was teaching us that through his walk, that that's the way we should be. That's the way we should be on a daily basis. Because you know, the fa- the fa- the Sadducees and the Pharisees, whenever Jesus did something out of the realm of what they believed it should have been happening at that time, he always caught it from them. Or at least he was. they were trying to give it to him. He never caught it because he always just looked at them like, you don't understand. If you read the scriptures, you would know. I am the scriptures. So everything that you're trying to do, everything that you're saying that you're following and you're doing it in this order. If I'm the scriptures, then I'm telling you how it should be done. And you're not even following it the way that it should be done. So he was letting them know that he's able to do whatever he wants because he was God. So however he felt to move, he could move. And that's what he was showing us in our walk. We didn't have to follow the religious rules that are set on us. We should be able to move freely and understand how to live as God had intended us to. So next week, this week, for those of you who have been following Lent, this is your last week of your reflection and preparation. For those of us who haven't been following, yes, we do. I hope we do a daily reflection And we prepare ourselves for next week. So I want us to this week concentrate on not forgetting the plan. Because a lot of people forget the plan. They just want to deal with what's happening now. But if we go back to the beginning, as I took it back, it gives you a better understanding of why everything is happening now, the way that it is. So let's not forget the plan that God had and that his name was Jesus And next week, in celebration of Resurrection Sunday, we're going to reflect on the man called Jesus. So with that, it's time for us to take a music break. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like.
There's no fear in my heart Got nothing left to lose I saw my loved ones die Oh, I swear that I won't give in By God you'll never win I'll fight for what's right Nothing can stand in my way Even if I get knocked down I will stand my ground And I'll never hide or run away Love will prevail By God it will Love will prevail I refuse to fail Love will prevail Life's become so cheap So many orphans weep, they forgot how to smile Oh, I cannot understand just how somebody can murder an innocent child Swear their lives won't be lost in vain Even if I get knocked down I will stand my ground I'll never hide or run away Love will prevail By God it will Love will prevail I refuse to fail Love will prevail God made me free You can't take that away from me Freedom is my And my dream is to see, to see all my people smile, see all them free and proud. I feel the wind of peace, cause with hardship comes ease. That's why I won't lose faith. And I know that God is great, so I never.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It is now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. And in Op-Ed today, let's see, what am I going to start with? Because I have two, I have two stories that I want to touch upon. I don't know which one I should do first. I think I'll do the first one. Um, I'll do this one first because this is something that has been really taking over our cities and it's been happening for a while. It's been happening for a while, but it has to do with the guns. And I know we're always, the news is always talking about guns And we've seen a number of shootings as of late. Just yesterday, I believe, no, Friday, this young girl was shot dead as she was coming home from school. And then we had the grandmother the week before that was going to the store. She was shot dead, caught in a crossfire, caught in a crossfire. It's always someone, it's always someone getting caught in a crossfire because the people who have the guns, A, don't know what they're doing. Two, don't care what they're doing. And three, thinks it makes that them, it they think it makes them bigger than what they are because they're able to carry a gun. And when you think of it on that level, first of all, it was put in my spirit that when they keep talking about, oh, all these guns are here in the city. Oh, all these guns, all these guns. You know, you got to stop the trafficking of guns. Can I remind you, and I'm not sure if I mentioned this to you guys from before. Can I remind you, these guns that we're seeing on the street right now didn't just come across the border. They didn't just magically appear now across the border. No, these guns 
were being brought up while we were all on lockdown. Think about it. The two most essential stores were left open, liquor stores and guns, and the gun stores. Those were essential. And I don't know, it sounds like I might have said this to you guys from before. And if I did, I apologize. But it's something that needs to be said again. And probably because I think I said it before, because he gives me so much stuff and I write it down, I write it down around. As soon as it comes in my spirit, I write it down. So after I write it down, I don't think about it. But then when I have to go back and speak about it, I'm like, wait a minute, did he tell me, did I say that already? But anyway, when we were on the pan, when we were in the pandemic and everybody was on lockdown, that's when all these guns were coming in. That's when people were traveling, buying their guns because the stores were open. So how they're going to get the guns off the street now? News to me. Because so many people have them and you don't know who has them. The only time you know they have them is when you see somebody pull out and start shooting and they think that is like a badge of honor to be able to pull out and start shooting. No. And those people that are doing that when they're having these air quote arguments between air quote rival gangs, they need to pick up a good book. And the book I would recommend to them would be the Bible. Pick up the message version of it. It's plain English that you will be able to understand. Just read it straight what he says and he'll talk to you. He'll tell you about how if that's the way you live in your life, trust and believe that's the way you're going to go out. I don't think they want to go out like that. At least I know I wouldn't want to go out like that. A lot of us don't even want to go out. Less more go out like that. But they say that shootings are up 74% from 13% from two years ago. And that was just between January and now. So it's just, it's, it's crazy. We have to really pray for our cities. We have to pray that they put these guns down. We have to pray that they stop having these arguments between each other over God only knows what. I don't know what they're fighting over, but that's what we need to just pray that all this comes to an end because there's just too many people dying senselessly because someone is unhappy about what someone else said. And they could have said this to them five years ago because now, but now because they have a gun, you know what? I remember what you said to me five years ago and I didn't like it and I'm going to take care of it today. I, I, it wouldn't be surprised. It would not surprise me if that's the mentality of the people walking around right now. It would not surprise me. But my second part of op-ed, which to me, this is something that when I heard this, I was like, are you kidding me? And there's not many things that when I hear it, I say, are you kidding me? Because usually when I hear things, I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. But this one really took me for a loop. Were you guys aware, well, if you were paying attention to the news, you were aware that we already know that Biden said he was going to open up immigration borders to say the number of immigrants, because they have a certain cap that we allow into the country, I guess a year, that he was going to open it up, 100,000 of the Ukrainian refugees we were going to take over here in America, right? But did you know that these Ukrainians are now, when they get into whatever country that they fled to from the Ukraine, they're getting visas from their countries to travel to Mexico as 
tourists. And then when they get in Mexico, they're coming up through the border like the South Americans are. They have Ukrainians sitting on the border like the South Americans trying to get into America. But see, here's the, and I'll say messed up part of the story. And I'll say it's messed up because it is messed up. Yes, they're sitting on the, they're sitting on the border. They're partaking of the facilities that have been set up for the South Americans as they sit and wait to see if their applications for asylum will be approved. But the Ukrainians aren't putting in applications for asylum. They're just sitting there waiting for whoever comes and takes documentation for the day to tell them that they're Ukrainian, you know, they're from the Ukraine, and then they are allowed to come into the United States. Okay, wait, what is going on? How is it that And don't get me wrong, because when I say these things, I don't want people. See, when I say these things, you know, I'm giving you both sides of the story. But it's not like I'm not going to say it. And I don't want anybody to feel, oh, she's just talking about this. And but she's not. No, I'm looking at the entire picture. How is it that I know you're in a war torn country, which when you think about it, What country isn't right now in a war-torn state? I'm sure there's some place in Africa that's got a war going on. I'm sure there's some place in Afghanistan that they still have many wars going on. But because we're concentrating on Putin and the Ukraine right now, that's our war of interest here in the Americas. They're able to come over as visitors visit Mexico, tour the island, the land, and then make their way to the border here into the United States. So now you have the Mexicans that have been sitting there for some of them over a year, some of them two, three years, wondering, how did you skip the line? See, it's like, it's like imagine you're standing on a line in the supermarket. And I'm sure this has happened to Many of us, numerous times. This was even pre-pandemic. We're not even talking about being in a pandemic. We're talking about before the pandemic. Everyone's standing on a line and someone comes along and trips their way, walks their way right up to the front. Like, I don't know what you guys are standing here for, but I'm going to pay for my stuff. And everybody on the line is looking at each other like, Do they see that there's a line here? But the thing that really gets you, if someone doesn't say, um, excuse me, there's a line, you know, you have to go to the back. We've all been waiting here. I know the wait has been long, but we all have been waiting here for, um, you know, for quite a while now. The thing that gets you more than the person coming to the front of the line is when the cashier, in the midst of everyone telling the person that came and jumped the line after everyone's trying to let them know, no, you got to go to the back of the line. The cashier will then say, um, 
Can I, uh, come, come, let me take you with your stuff. Wait, hello? And to the point of the cashier, yes, you know, just to be fair to them, sometimes they're not truly sure who's next, sometimes. But if you're a cashier and you're watching your line, you get a feel, you see, you look up, you see faces, you can kind of see who's, you can see who's standing in the line and you can see who's standing off to the side and you can hear what's being said between the people. But if you're going to now still call the person that jump the line, what do you think that's going to do to everybody else that's in the line? Do you think they're still just going to stand there and be like, oh, yeah, well, we'll just wait till it's our turn again and not say anything? No, you're going to have angry customers standing there in line waiting to get taken care of. So this is what I say to you in the Americas, who's now checking in all these people at the border. Be careful of who you're checking in and how you're checking them in. Let's follow a standard of protocol. If there was a protocol that only X amount could come in through the border, because now I'm wondering, are the ones that's coming in through the border because they came as tourists in Mexico, are they included in the 100,000 that Biden said that he was going to take? Or are they just going to be stragglers that just come in because they're at the, ooh, that they're at the border now and now they just want to come in? Is that what that is? that what's happening? That still remains to be seen. So now if that's what's happening, then the 100,000 that he had said he was going to take is now going to escalate to be more because you have these other ones coming in through the border. So how are we working this? If there's a protocol at the border, let's follow the protocol. Let everyone put in papers. Let everyone show proof. Okay, we know you're from the Ukraine. We know you're having a war going on. Okay, so are all these people standing here, like on the line to get checked out? We all want to be checked out. It's just something to think about. And that ends up, Ed. Our word for this month, as it has been from the start of April, has been redemptive. And for those of you who have forgotten the meaning is acting to save someone from error or evil. So I guess the I guess the United States is trying to be redemptive at the border now. But if we're going to be redemptive at the border now, then we need to be redemptive all the time at the border. And our key verse for this week is going to be, let's see, what is that? I had one here, but I think I'm going to save this and I'm going to do another one because I feel like it. I think this one is more fitting to lead us into next week. So I'm going to use this one instead. 
and it's going to be for this week let's see let's do because we're going into Easter next week let's do this one let's do the one that is going to lead everyone to understand who God is John 3 and we're going to do John 3 3 Jesus replied verily truly I tell you no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again and that was being read from the new international version the NIV but let me go back and read it from the King James Version since that's where I always like to read from. This is John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And with that, I say, everyone have a blessed, happy Palm Sunday. Everyone enjoy your day with your family if you're getting together. Everyone stay stay safe and be safe. And what else can I possibly say? Just reflect. Reflect on what's happening in the world. Reflect on what's happening in your own life. Just reflect on what's happening in your community. Sometimes we want to we want to save the world, but our neighborhoods are going to crap. If we just concentrated on what's right here in front of us, God has given us all a task, a task to do and complete. Some of us might be to save the world. That might be our mission. But even in saving the world, you're going to have to start out by stepping outside your front door. So in your quest to save the world, let's just work on saving our community, work on saving our neighborhood, work on saving our block, work on saving our neighbor, just helping the person next door. You'd be surprised how far that would go in saving the world. COVID is still out there. I want everyone to be safe and wear your mask, wash your hands. If you're still wearing your mask, wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance. And until we are together again next week, let's see, what am I going to play for my ending? Until we are together again next week, Peace, enjoy this song.